Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Hey, um, what a beautiful time. Thank y'all for leading us in worship and worshiping God through music is a wonderful way. You know, we worship God in other ways than music and just being here and everything we do, we worshiping. But having just a wonderful time to music ministry is beautiful. So we're going to jump right into this because this is quite a lengthy um, message. So I imagine you go ahead and get loosened up and um, look over at somebody and say, bump me if I fall asleep. Go ahead and get your buddy partner that you can. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong. Ain't going to hurt my feelings fall asleep. Just going to hurt my feelings if you stay asleep. <laughs> somebody got to look out for somebody. And uh, Barbara, you keep me on track. I'll keep you on track, okay? And, you know, she said, okay. But um, relationships, well, you know, there's a lot of different things comes to our mind when we talk about relationships. Um, we can think through the history of our lives and we can think about good relationships and we can think about bad relationships. Amen. You know, and there's nothing like a bad relationship that'll make you value a good relationship. And, um, and, but here's the danger in relationships um, that when we have, um, we invest in one another, um, and, and then all of a sudden we start to really um, value each other's relationship and the time and, and, and our gifts and things. The scary part about that is, is, um, it's just a matter of time before we're going to hurt each other or let each other down. or you know, And that's a, the, one of the biggest challenges with growing a church community and buying into a, a church family is like, man, I done been hurt by church. You know, my friend Greg says there's always two hurts that a man has, and that's a father wound and a church wound. And um, so that, that's, that's relationships, right? And, and when you feel that kind of pain, you don't want to come back from that. You're like, I don't know if I want to open myself up to that kind of hurt, and, and it happens with relationship. But today, we're going to talk about some different things. We're going to talk about what does it look like to have a, a healthy relationship with, with God, and what does it look like to have an unhealthy one, but what does it ha look like to have a healthy relationship with each other, and then what does it mean to have an unhealthy one. Then lastly, we're going to kind of take and say, well, if I see unhealthy relationships, how do I identify the healthy and unhealthy relationships, and maybe where does that happen in the context of how I do life with others. <clears throat> and the last thing is, how can I walk with people that might have unhealthy relationship, or maybe I'm that unhealthy person, and we can help that person go from being unhealthy to healthy in Christ. So we're going to cover all that in the next 25 minutes. Amen? <laughs> this is bad. It's like, boy, that's a lot of scriptures. But um, it is. We just have to understand that, that the core value of relationship is very important to us. You know, that's one of our core values. We're talking about the, the, the core values, the things that we as a church believe. And probably the one we talk about the most is relationships. You know, every morning before they start up at a hand up, they talk about God put somebody in our lives that we can build a relationship with. People that need clothes, they just don't hand out clothes to, to people, even if they need them. You know, if you get burnt out or if you're just coming out of a place where you don't have any clothes, yes, we'll bless you. But our whole goal is to use a garment or use a piece of clothing so that a person will start serving there for at least an hour to two hours. And then we can then build a relationship with that person. And then we will have a relationship with God and a relationship with one another. That's our mission, right? To see lives change the relationship with God and each other. So understanding that relationships is very, very vital. 
So let's look at some examples. Y'all ready? Let's, can we pray first? I still believe God wants to do something, you know. Praise God for what's happening in Kentucky. Y'all know there's revival that's starting up. They're still meeting it each day and night, just continuing to praise the Lord. And, and God's no respecter of places and person. He chooses. So I just love to see revival starting in the city of Rock Hill or York or wherever in this area and just see the church just continue just to just seek after the Lord. Lord God, we come to you today. I pray right now, Father God, Lord, that you would move me out of the way. Holy Spirit, ooze out of me in every word that is spoken, Lord. Let it be you. And Holy Spirit, open up the eyes and the hearts of the saints to be able to see, hear, and respond to your word. And Holy, Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you draw in a person that might be in this room that does not know you that you would be able to let them feel the love of the Father so that they would surrender and submit and confess a need for you. We love you. We thank you, Father, for all that you give us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, it says in um, a healthy example of a relationship with God. So we're going to start off with God. What does that look like? Romans 5.1. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. See, Jesus came so that we could have peace with the Father. But here's the thing. If peace with God is absent from our lives, it will be absent in our relationships with one another. If we have no peace with the Father, it is very hard for us to have peace with his creation. And our faith in Jesus has done for us. It transforms our hearts and it brings forth this relationship between us and God. Jesus Christ came. And we have to first start there because without Jesus coming to rescue us, we never would be able to have that right relationship with the Father. And, and we can't say that enough, that that's the entire gospel. It's the good news of the coming Savior so that we in our sin were, 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 were damned to hell. But Jesus said, I come and I'll make a way that you can now connect with the Father. In John 14, 15, and 16, it says, If you love me, obey my commands, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. A healthy relationship with God works out of love. It has proper boundaries and it's guided by the Spirit of God. See, that advocate is the Holy Spirit that lives in us. The Holy Spirit is vital to us walking a walk to glorify God. It is going to instruct us. It's going to convict us. It's going to turn us when we're going down a wrong path. But with, without the Holy Spirit in us, and that's why we read John 14, is that we need that advocate. We need the Holy Spirit in us to be able to guide us and to lead us. And we have to have proper boundaries. You know, you can have the Holy Spirit in you and still have bad boundaries. And then when you have bad boundaries, you wonder why there's a conflicting thing between you and God. And it always seems like there's some kind of, you know, just a time when you just can't connect. 
and, and you feel this strain and this stress, but setting up boundaries, setting up just disciplines in your life to obey my commandments. It says there, it says, if you love me, obey my commandments. God gave us a set of instructions to walk according to his will so that not because he wants to keep his thumb on us, because he wants the best for us. And that what, that's what develops a healthy relationship. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, listen to what it says here. And it says, So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I jotted down here a couple little points. It says, a non-negotiable for a healthy relationship with God is we have to surrender over to God our old selves. We cannot live in the world and have a right relationship with God. Yes, Jesus' blood covers us. Yes, we, we, are, we are washed clean. But I'm talking about a relationship. If we want to have a, a healthy relationship with God, we can't walk with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. We've got to make a decision. Who we're going to look, you know, the revelations talk about that. God detested a lukewarm church. He said, I spit you out of my mouth. Either be cold or hot, but don't be lukewarm. So we have to understand that, that we've got to ask God to guide and lead and direct us to follow his ways. We want to live for him. And that's why church is so important. That's why that ladies event yesterday was so important. Because we're asking the spirit of God to connect hearts with one another so that when one lady is weak and tired, there's another lady that there that said, sister, I know what you're going through. I've been through that. Let me hold on to you. Let me point you back to Jesus. Jesus is the only way. And if we, if we try to be the long ranger in our walk with God through Jesus Christ, it's always going to end up bad. We will feel alone. Now, the second thing that we can learn out of Romans 12 is that we have to change the way we think. The old flesh, before you come to know Christ, had created this imprint on you that you have bad habits and things that, and I have them. I'm not preaching to y'all, I'm preaching to me. All messages are generally written to me, but I'm just saying that I had bad habits. The Spirit of God did come in me, but there's an old man, there's an old flesh that it continually wants to rise up. And the way that we change these things is we have to change our environment and we have to change our, the way we think. I heard it said one time, the definition of, of insanity is to continue to do the same things and think you're going to get different results. It's just not going to happen. You have to change the way you think so that you can change the way you do. And God will assist you in that as you take a step of faith. So this leads us into a couple of examples of unhealthy relationships with God. What does the scriptures talk about when we talk about an unhealthy relationship with God? 1 John 2, 15 through 17, listen to what it says. It says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. 
These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So three facts we can learn from this passage. The things of the world are very desirable, and they will compete with us for our time with our Father. This is a sparkly, dangly, beautiful type of world. And there are shows, there are, there are relationships, there are things, and, and they look good, and they will compete with you for time with your Father in heaven. So that's one thing we can learn from that. But the second thing that we can learn is that these desirable possessions, they will go away. I don't care how much you have or how little you have. I don't care about the relationships that you think you got with everybody. That when Jesus comes back, everything that we have on this earth is going to be made new. And we can't even fathom what type of new he's going to come back for. All the things, these chairs, this stand, this computer, everything that you're seeing will go away. The one thing that will not go away is the soul that's inside of you. It will live forever somewhere. And the third thing that we can learn from that scripture is by choosing God, we will live forever in the presence of the Father. Psalms 10.4 says that the wicked are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead. Pride is the, is the starting point of a lot of pain. Oh, I'm just, I don't need to listen to that person. I don't need to surrender to this. Pride will damn you to hell. I literally wrote that down. I said, we can't afford to let pride put us in hell. So next, fortunately or unfortunately, our relationship with each other will most of the time mirror what our relationship with God looks like. Can y'all agree with me on that? Shake your head if you believe that. I know that sometimes when the relationships on the earth with me are always about what's going on, somebody's done me wrong, I'm arguing here, there's 15 phone calls going back and forth, I can't believe she did this, he did that, what's going on? And, and, and if you slow down and look, it's probably because you haven't been investing in time with your Father in heaven. You've got your eyes peered horizontally versus vertically. So a healthy example of what it looks like to have a relationship with one another in Romans 12, 9 and 10. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Isn't that funny when he said that? He's like, man, that man writing down in the south. <laughs> this is a, that's a southern quote. Don't just pretend to love each other. You know, you can say anything you want to about anybody as long as you say bless their heart before you say it. <laughs> you know, that person is ugly. Bless their heart. I'm about to make it right. You know, it says, don't just pretend to love others. It says, really love them. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. What a beautiful model. Do you see what that last word said? Take delight in honoring each other. How wonderful it is when we can come up beside someone and say, man. Chewy, man, I am so proud of you on how you've taken these drums in the last three or four months. And you didn't know how to play, but you just picked up sticks and said, there's a need. I'll try it. 
it's scary to stand up here. What happens if we say, man, Joe, Vivian, Don, wow, Don, you sounded so great today. And I'm not just saying that because it's in the message. I was like, Don can sing. <laughs> Pat's been saying he couldn't. <laughs> That's an example of building you up or tearing you down. Pat, I'm sorry for calling you out right in the middle of the service, but it's fun. But it's what we do is like with our friends. was like, dude, you're short. I'm so glad you reminded me of my height. Why can't we just add fat into that? That means I'm round. But boy, when Barbara says, man, you sure do have muscles, I'll be like, oh, man. It's the way we want to lift each other up. Take delight in honoring each other, in honoring our relationships, in honoring our friendship. And when, Here's a great one. If you're going to say you're going to be somewhere, be there. If you say you're going to be there at this time, be there at that time. You're honoring people. You're honoring friendships. You're honoring relationships. Everything that we should do should work out of excellence so that when we can't do it, we should say, hey, I'm so sorry. I messed that up. But we honor each other. And the key here is to hold tightly to what is good. Because if we don't hold tightly to what is good, and that is from the Father in heaven, right? We in ourselves are wretched, and we will mess it up. From being on time to speaking negative towards one another. Colossians 3, 12 through 14 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Vivian, I got one of the biggest compliments from a person. I ain't going to say who, who said it, but we were on the phone. And the lady said, that Miss Vivian has one of the most tender hearts of any lady I've ever met. I was like, what? <laughs> Me and Barbara was like, oh, that's awesome. And, and while you might say stuff like this and it could embarrass people and stuff, we're a church family. So when someone says something that is to build up one of the saints, not to blow their head up, but to let them know that they're in the will of God and what they're doing is from God and to do more of it. Pat, I'm sorry. I should have never called your name out. Pat and Don are best friends. So when you're best friends, you say things like that to each other. Pat is my mentor that pours into me with great love and encouragement. I'm sitting here getting convicted while I'm preaching. <laughs> oh, Lord, I done called out one of the saints. <laughs> Pat is my boy. Leave him alone. I'll jump on you. But, um, but Vivian, she said you had one of the most precious loving spirits. See, harmony with the Father... Hear me, church. you got to lean in on this one. Harmony with the Father is the only way that you'll have harmony with each other. If you refuse to be in a flow with the Father, I guarantee you, you will have disunity and hurt in your relationships on earth. Harmony with the Father is the only way to have harmony with one another. So what are some unhealthy examples of relationships in Scripture? Proverbs 13, 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Man, <laughs> could have pasted that across my forehead for the first 30 years of my life. <laughs> 
I wasn't ready to hear it. You have to be ready to hear it. God's got to open your eyes to those kind of scriptures. If you read that scripture to someone who's acting like a fool, you're going to hurt them. Only the Holy Spirit can open your eyes up to stuff like that. Because when I was a fool, I didn't think I was a fool. I thought everybody else was a fool. I thought the people that was trying to tell me to stop doing certain things were the ones that were knuckleheads. But we know now because the Spirit of God lives in us that we have an advocate that can give us discernment on that. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25, it says, Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Wow, that's pretty deep. James 3.16 says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. I love James. He was straightforward. You didn't have to try to figure it out. He's just going to tell you. As we look around, evil is not hard to spot. Right? Evil is not hard to spot. Right in the middle of it is a jealous and selfish individual. We have to be careful of this person. I'm not saying we need to become self-righteous. I'm not saying we need to stop loving that person. And you're going to understand where, where this all comes together for me and how God's given me some discipline in, in growing and working through this. But we have to be careful of this person. We have to make sure that this individual does not get a large voice in our lives. 1 John 4, 1. 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in this world. Wow, did you hear what they said? We have to test to make sure that the one that's in our lives is from God. So how do we test such people? By the Word of God. Secondly, how do we love all people? And it's by using this model. Y'all have heard me teach this before. It, it, it comes out of um, Saddleback and, and Rick Warren. And, and, and I've just used the three words and, and kind of changed the content of how I put it in my, my words. But these three things that I'm going to show you stops me from letting my blood pressure run up really high. And, 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 it, may, and it keeps a healthy relationship with me and everybody I meet. Y'all want to hear it? Got 10 minutes or seven minutes and we'll make it happen. So, so there's three aspects on this big circle. We got this great big line here. We got a line inside of that and a line inside of that. So it looks like a, a bullseye and my head's the center, okay? That's a big center. So we have on the outer ring of that is, is what you would say is your casual friend. That's a casual friend. It's the outer ring. The second ring in from that is your close friend. And the third ring is your core friend. So what happens is everybody that I meet is my friend. If I have the spirit of God inside of me, I cannot say that I hate that person because it says that I am even to love my enemies. So I'm not going to burn any relationships. I'm just knowing what I'm going to let invest in me and where I'm going to put my time. So I've got, I've got hundreds. I'm a social butterfly. I've got hundreds of people I consider casual friends. Everybody's out there thinking, am I casual? <laughs> All of y'all are lovingly close, okay? Um, 
But the casual person is the person that you want to speak life over. No matter what they're saying or doing, you want to counter that with a loving comment. They're going to do things, they're going to say things that doesn't look like God sometimes. And they're going to act in a way that could hurt you. I'm not going to invest a lot of my hours of my week into a casual relationship. But when I do encounter them, they're going to say, man, something's different about that person. Because I'm going to say, wow, you look good today, man. Keep it up. You're working out nice. You're really hitting that racquetball good. Got to find something. There's something good to say about everybody that we experience. There's something good that we can say. And in the casual circle, our goal is to pray for, love, and lift up that person so that they may start gravitating towards God. And as they gravitate towards God, they're going to gravitate towards a more of a close friendship with you. Then you have the close friends. Close friends are the ones that we're starting to pray for one another and, and encourage one another. And then we will bounce things off of each other. We're going to hang out a little bit more with one another. And, 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 and we're not going to, to try to take off maybe when we see a close, we're going to be excited about seeing a close person come. Can I be honest with you? And this is being recorded, so I want to say it very delicately. But sometimes there's casual people in my life and my spirit isn't right to be around that casual person. So if I see someone coming who's really toxic and can hurt me or I can hurt them by one word I say is I might go to my knees or go to a place where I could prepare myself to be able to have a conversation with a casual. Not all casual friends are that way. You've got to get to know everyone, but there are some people that are just toxic. And I, and I refuse to let that toxicity in their lives pour over into my life. Because I've worked too hard in my surrender to the Spirit to let you get me to stinking thinking. And that's not by my works, that's all by the works of God. But stinking thinking will keep you in a place that's not very honoring to God. So then the last part of that is we have this circle of close friends that we've been encouraging one another. And God's going to identify to you core friends. They're the ones that you're going to cry with. Share your most deepest pains and hurts with. And no matter what you tell them, they're not going to walk away from you. No matter how bad you mess it up, they're going to be there beside you. And y'all, generally in a core friendship, pot of people, every person in that relationship is totally dependent upon understanding who God is and what he's going to do in their lives. So that's casual, close, and core. But how can we develop people from an unhealthy casual to a more healthy, closer core? We pray, we love, and speak words of encouragement to them. James 1.19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be, all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Let's say that again. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Man, I need to hear that about 25 more times. I need to write it 100 times on the wall. So how do we do this? We do this by a thing that we're developing here at our church now. It's not totally developed. Garrett and I have been working on it along with a couple other brothers. It's, but it's, it's, it's called checkerboard management. Has anybody ever played checkers? Got a few, few of the people that's got the wisdom hair in their head. They're like, yeah, checkers. <laughs> All these other people are like, checkers. 
when I'm walking with someone that's casual or when I'm walking with someone who, who is wanting to, to take and, 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 they, and they could be toxic, we're developing this, so I'm not going to teach on it much today, but checkerboard management means that if I have a casual friend or even a close friend and, and there's something going on, is that they're saying, man, Paul, I really need you to do this and this and this. I'm like, oh, let's pray about it. Let's see if God's in it. And I said, here's what I feel like I can bring to the thing. I can't bring to the table something that I don't have to offer, number one. And then I said, here's what I'll do, and I'll make a move. And my friend Stephen Loney, I give him glory and credit for just being taught this, and he ta- as he taught it to me. And he said, Paul, once you make that move, you can't make another move until they make their move. And I was like, wow, Steve. I was like, how long does it take for them to make their move? He said, I don't know. I got checkerboards I've had sidelined for a, th- um, a year. I made a move, and I showed them what's going to help them grow closer to God. But they're, they're not in a place where they want to. So i am just got that checkerboard sitting over here, and I've made my move, and I'm just waiting on them to make their move. And if they make their move next week, I'll come back and like, oh, man, that's an awesome move. I'm so proud of you. Here's my move. So if we do that with our relationship, it lets people start taking their time to make moves instead of us trying to play the Spirit. Sometimes we have a tendency to play the Holy Spirit, and we're trying to drag people into moves. Or I'm trying to make all the moves for them. I make nine moves. I'm like, what in the world is your problem? Why can't you get this right? Can't you see all these moves I've made for you? And they're like, I didn't make no moves. And I done made all the moves. So then I'm all stressed out and I'm getting gray-headed and my blood pressure and I'm getting fatter because I'm making all these moves and people aren't wanting to listen. So I just let them stay in the casual context now. And I'm like, here's my move. I see you, man. We'll go food line next week. Yeah, we'll probably run into each other. Yeah. And when they make their move, I'll make another one. That is checkerboard management. We're going to grow and learn more in this as we Develop that. Hmm. See, it says um, in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. If we ever want to see revival, our goal, our job, church, is to love people and to point them into a direction of growing in Jesus Christ. That's, that's what we do. We, we connect with the Lord and we're connecting people around us and we're holding hands as we go through that. It's, I, I jotted this down. It says our goal is to create opportunity for relationships to go from casual to close and to maybe even to core. And we do that through the Word of God. We do that through prayer. We do that through love. We do that through speaking words of edification through one another. It, I love, I love, love, love. I'm going to pick on Jim some now. Known Jim a long time. But when Jim comes in here and he grabs me and says, man, I believe in you. It ain't nothing. Man, you guys could all sit there and turn around on me. I'm going to still be preaching to Jim. Because there's some people in your life that you'll say, man, they just gave me a word of encouragement. It's important. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for these words. Because it's so easy for, 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 for sometimes people would grab me and say, well, Paul, that was pretty good. But what you really need to start working on. <laughs> okay. 
But, but isn't that what we do to one another? If we've got to learn to, to point people to Christ and let the Holy Spirit change them. So today, can we commit to investing into our relationships with our Father through prayer, learning these ways, and submitting to the Holy Spirit? Make a commitment to building your relationship with the Father in heaven through prayer, through committing to following his and learning and following his ways and submitting to the Holy Spirit. If we do those three things, that we will see change in our hearts. As our hearts start to continue to change, then all of a sudden the next thing you know, the outside of us will start to develop and change. But it has to start with a decision to get rid of the pride because it said it in the book of Proverbs. Pride is bad. And secondly... Will we let this develop us into a child of God that is healthy and helping others become healthy in Christ? See, it's not just about the evangelism and saying, man, there's another one. We just got to baptize. There's another one. It's the teaching them to follow my ways. There was so much more to that piece of scripture in 28. Matthew 28 says, hey, go out and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then we all stop right there like, whoa, we got another one. Another seat's filled. But, but we got to read the rest of that. And it says, then teach them to follow my ways. Barbara and I were watching The Chosen last night. And, and, and Judas was up, he was up talking about how he could be part of Jesus. And he said, just follow me. He said, you got to follow me. I'm like, man, why did we want to make it so hard in the church when Jesus said it so simply when he was on earth? I tell you why. Because we want to follow this world and have our Jesus. It's a, it's a wrestling match. And this is about it. This is, everything that we just talked about happens in the context of a relationship. Everybody, everything that happens, happens in the context of a relationship. Joe and I were arguing yesterday a little bit. He's like, bro, why are you doing all this designer? And make, I'm up here just floating around wanting to make it all fancy. And Vivian looked beautiful back there, what you ladies did. And we had all this stuff set up for the food. And I'm like, Joe, I, man, I just want these ladies to know that we care about them. And if it could look special for them, because for a year and a half, ladies have been saying, Paul, when's the church going to do things for us? Y'all are always doing things for men. I'm like, I don't know. We need ladies to come and to, to grab it and to own it. So I said, well, the best thing we could do is to go and make sure that their food looks nice. Jesus taught us that having relationships with each other happens over the context of doing things together and eating together. And the Spirit of God will do the rest. Amen. Then we'll learn and teach people to follow his ways. Let us pray together. Lord God, we just want to say we love you. Oh, Lord. I pray over the saints in this room right now, Lord God. I pray that they would um, experience a deeper, richer relationship with you, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would tenderly grab and tug and pull in a direction that would point each and every one of us back to you, Father. And Lord God, I just pray that um, 
I pray that you would just move in my heart, move in this church's heart. And Father, I pray right now we can speak the word of revival lightly. But Lord God, I, I have men who mentor me who's been sending me shots of what's happening. At a revival on a campus. And Lord, it's being led by college students. The Spirit chose to use students that refuse to leave the presence of the Holy Spirit movement. So, Father, I pray right now for this Rock Hill Dream Center church. I pray right now, God, that you would put us in a place where we refuse to leave your presence. I pray right now, God, Lord, that you would shield our eyes from the things that, that break the harmony of being deep in love with you, Father. And I pray not only that for this church, but for every church in this tri-county, Lord. I pray for churches like North Rock Hill and City Hope Church and Harmony Baptist and Hillcrest, Lord, and Solo Sanctuary Life Outreach Center, Lord. So many pastors and friends that we unite and come together, Lord. For First Wesleyan Church over on Annafred with Pastor Eugene, Lord. I pray, God, Lord, that you would heal and, and instruct and guide and direct the Methodist Church, Lord God, that you would get them back in the context of getting past things that are not from you to be able to find unity in you, Lord. I pray, Lord God, for different denominations, every church that believes that Jesus Christ is the way to you, Father. Lord, we lift them up that you would guide, lead, and direct them, Lord. And Lord God, we pray for revival. We pray for churches to take their eyes off of their agendas and let it start with us, that we would live to glorify you, Father, so that many, many people that are walking in darkness and have been lied to by false prophets or this world could have their eyes opened up to live for you and you alone. And we rebuke the darkness right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We rebu rebuke it over, over health issues and and, 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 and stress and, and financial issues, Lord. We rebuke the enemy, Lord God, that, that is trying to come and to steal and kill, destroy, and destroy what you are doing in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. And we pray, God, that through some of these difficult and hard times, Lord, that we can grow in a deeper trust of you, Father. Let us count all trials as an opportunity for celebration of who you are, Jesus, in our lives. And Father God, Lord, we just want to say we love you. We thank you, Lord. There'll be a lot of people gathering together today to watch a game that'll last three hours. I pray, Lord, that the church would see this as an opportunity to shine bright in the midst of a lot of pain and hurt and darkness. I pray, Lord God, that your church would be in the world but not of the world, Lord. I pray, God, that your church would be a light that would shine upon the hill, Lord, that no one would be able to cover it up with a basket, but would be a light for the whole city to see. And Lord God, that we would not make apologies for following you, Father God, Lord, that we would walk in truth and the truth would set us free. And Lord, that we can share truth in love. 
and make no apologies for it, but not hate the person that refuses to hear the truth. That we could simply just let them be in a casual circle that we could pray for them and to lift them up with words of encouragement so that your spirit would have an opportunity to draw them from darkness to light. And Lord God, we have to totally depend upon you to do this. We can't do it, Father. But we love you, Father, and we thank you for letting us have the opportunity to have a relationship with you and one another. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.